What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mike Milner. In today's episode, I talked all about cardio versus weights. What is better when it comes to accomplishing your fat loss goals? So I broke it all down for you in this episode. It is packed full of information to help you make the best choice for yourself in terms of achieving your fat loss goals. So before I get into the episode, I wanted to mention something. At the end of the episode, I talked about our process for our one-on-one coaching clients. I talked through what we do, kind of like the step-by-step process. There's something that I wanted to put out there. Um, You don't have to listen to that, by the way. It's at the very end of the episode, so you can always cut it off before then. But I just wanted to give some insight into what that process looks like. What I'm going to tell you right now is something that you need to listen to and that you need to hear, and it will really help you moving forward. Because a lot of people, myself included, get caught up in this trap of thinking that there needs to be the right time for something. Now, this isn't going to be one of those like inspirational, like do it now type of things. I am going to tell you something from a psychological perspective and from a neurological perspective that hopefully will help you make a more rational decision when it comes to your goals. And that is that when it comes to making a decision to change, the longer you wait, the harder it gets. Now, that may seem obvious, but I'm talking about from a neurological and psychological perspective because when we're trying to change something, it requires kind of rewiring our brain, right? We've got like these neurons that connect to each other and these neural pathways that connect. And we've been doing the same thing for so long that it becomes second nature. That's how habits are formed. So when we want to change that, we actually have to rewire those neuronal pathways and create new ones, which is difficult. The longer that we wait, the more ingrained those neurons become, those neuronal pathways become even more ingrained. So think about it like this. The first time that you ride your bike over a dirt path, it's not going to make much of a divot, but the hundredth time and the thousandth time you ride your bike over that same exact dirt path, it's going to create a massive divot. And it takes takes more effort and energy to fill that divot and then create a new one, which is essentially what we're doing when we decide that we want to change. We are covering up an old divot and we're creating a new one. The longer we wait, the deeper we dig that divot and the more difficult it becomes to actually change. So at this moment in time, it is actually the best moment in time that you will ever have to decide to change. Now, I don't know if this is something that resonates with you or that you need to hear, but I hope that you absorb this in the way that I intend for it to be absorbed. There is literally no better time in your life than right now to make a change from the perspective of it will be easier now than it ever will be because the longer you wait, the deeper you are digging that divot. So stop delaying, stop digging, just literally start with that put the shovel away, stop digging, decide to make a change because it will never be easier than it is right at this very moment. So I hope this message hits you where it needs to. 
And please do me a favor, as always, if you enjoy this episode or really any episode, if my message resonates with you in any way, shape, or form, please let me know about it. Just hit me up on Instagram, shoot me a message. It's at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, and I hope you enjoy this episode. All right. Welcome, everybody who is tuning in on the podcast. Welcome, everybody who is wel- who is watching live on Facebook. This is another Monday night live training, and today's topic is whether cardio or weights are better for fat loss. So when your goal is fat loss, should you be prioritizing cardio? Should you be prioritizing strength training? Or does it depend? And this is something probably, I probably say this a lot, that it's the number one question that I get messaged I don't know what the number one question is. This one is definitely pretty common. So I can't say that it's the top number one most frequent question. Definitely top five, maybe top three. I'll get a random like DM on Instagram and be like, hey, just wanted your thoughts. My goal is fat loss. Should I be focusing more on cardio or should I be focusing more on strength training? So let's break it down. Let's talk about it. So the first thing that I want to discuss is what's the objective behind each training modality? So let's start there. And let's start first with cardio. If you are training and you are performing more of a cardio-based regimen, what is the objective there? What is the goal? Typically, the goal of cardio is to get better at cardio, right? If you're a runner, you run because you want to get better at running or you run simply because you enjoy it, right? So you're either doing it because you're training for something like a race, a marathon, half marathon, triathlon, whatever it may be, or you just like to get out and you like to let your mind go and be in nature and run and you like to move your body that way. Those are typically the two reasons. So let's talk about what happens when we train in a more of a a cardio capacity type of, of style. So let's just stick with one modality. Let's just say we're going to talk about running. So what happens to the body when we use running as our primary method of exercise, our primary modality of exercise? What's going to happen in the body is that we become more efficient at that exercise. When we run, over time, we become more efficient at running. And what do I mean by that? What I mean by that is that let's say I haven't done any sort of running in a really long time. I'm going to be really inefficient at that activity. And that goes for any activity, not just running. So anything that you haven't performed in a while, there's not a lot of neurological connections being made. There's this kind of communication that happens between the brain and your muscle fibers, uh, movement patterns. And if you haven't done something in a while, it's very inefficient. So you're going to get muscle fibers kind of moving in different directions. They're not very in sync. Over time, as you perform that movement over and over again, and it becomes predictable and repetitive, your brain, your muscle fibers, they all kind of get in line and you become more efficient at that modality, whether it's running or anything else could be lifting. It could be, you know, a sport, anything. So when we become more efficient at a specific modality, it requires less energy to perform. So using the example, let's say 
that I haven't gone out for a run in a really long time. So I'm inefficient at that movement pattern. And let's say I go out and I run three miles. Because I'm so inefficient at that movement pattern, my body is expending a lot of energy to try and get through. There's not a lot of efficiency in my movement. There's not a lot of efficiency in the communication between my brain and my muscles and my body. So I am expending a lot of energy to run those three miles. Then if I run three miles the next day, I get a little bit better. And then the next day I get a little bit better. And the next time, oh, and, and so on and so forth until that movement pattern becomes very efficient and my cardio capacity has increased. So not only, you know, the actual communication between my brain and my body, but also the actual cardio capacity. So my lungs, my heart, uh, the blood flow, all of these things have improved over time, which is the point, right? We want to get better at those things. So what I'm, the reason that I'm bringing this up is because many people use cardio as a means of burning calories, right? It's like, if I do more cardio, then I will burn more calories. We've heard this over and over again as part of the typical dieting strategy of eat less, burn more, right? We want to be in a calorie deficit to lose fat. So therefore, I'm going to go out for a run. I'm going to get on a bike. I'm going to row. I'm going to swim, whatever the case may be, to manually burn a bunch of calories because that's going to increase my energy expenditure and that's going to help me burn more body fat or lose more body fat. That's the theory. However, what happens as we become more efficient at that movement and we increase our cardio capacity, we become very efficient with calories, which is not a good thing um, when it comes to using cardio as a means of burning calories. So keep that in mind. I'm not talking about health right now. I'm talking about as a means of burning calories, doing a bunch of cardio runs its course very quickly because of the fact that our body adapts to that movement. So in other words, let's say that running three miles for me today burns 500 calories, just to throw a number out there. As I become more efficient at that movement and I increase my cardio capacity, well, in a few weeks or months, that same three miles, I might only burn 200 calories because now I'm so efficient. And having an efficient metabolism is not ideal when you want to lose body fat. The reason that it's not ideal is because we want to put ourselves, in my opinion, we want to put ourselves in a position where we are inefficient with calories, meaning it takes a lot of energy to get the job done, which allows us to consume more calories. I'm a believer that it is more advantageous to be able to lose body fat at higher calorie totals than it is to have to get down to very like depressing or miserable calorie totals for your body to adapt in the way that you want it to. In this case, that would be to let go of body fat to, you know, to release body fat. If that's your goal, that is my belief that it is more enjoyable and it is more effective to be able to accomplish the goal of losing body fat with more calories consumed than less. So if we're looking at cardio as a means of burning calories, it kind of loses its effectiveness after a very short period of time because we become more efficient 
with calories. And if you think about it, like think about a car, a car that is very efficient is going to use less gas to get from point A to point B than a car that's very inefficient is going to waste a lot of gas getting from point A to point B. That's kind of like your calories burned. The efficient vehicle isn't going to burn as many calories getting from point A to point B. So maybe that's a good thing when you're picking a car, but with your metabolism, we don't want to have a super efficient metabolism because of the fact that if we're doing a movement and we're not burning that many calories, well, then it's not really accomplishing the goal. So as a general rule of thumb, using exercise as simply a means to burn more calories is an exercise in futility. It's really not worth it. And, you know, again, because of this exact reason, because we become more efficient and there are studies that show that our body being the super smart adaptive machine that it is will actually accommodate for extra calories burned during exercise. So there are studies that show that even if you burned an additional 500 calories during your training session, whatever modality it is, that subconsciously you will preserve that energy later on throughout the day. So your body is not just going to say like, okay, that's our extra burn for the day. Your body actually is going to keep you towards homeostasis and say, well, subconsciously, we're not going to fidget as much. We're not going to move as much. We're going to actually preserve that energy because we just wasted a lot of energy doing that activity and we want to maintain homeostasis. So there's a lot of research that suggests that manually burning more calories through exercise doesn't really happen um, when it comes to direct exercise. That's the key. When it comes to direct exercise, training in the gym or specific, you know, cardio or like something that is a dedicated bout of exercise, the way that we increase calories burned through movement is through daily movement outside of the gym, low intensity, walking, that sort of thing. Um, that is where we can dramatically impact the energy expenditure, but trying to do it through dedicated exercise, like I said, is an exercise in futility. It's not worth it. The same goes for strength training. So if we look at the objective of strength training, if you're using strength training simply as a means of burning more calories, it is not worth it because your body will make up for that calorie burn. What is, when we look at the objective of strength training, the objective is to get stronger, right? Strength training. If we're lifting weights, we either want to get stronger or we want to build more muscle um, or we just enjoy it. Again, it can also be a form of enjoyment and stress relief. Even though it is a stressor, mentally, it can make you feel better. It can be an acute stress, but a chronic de-stress. That's actually possible. Yes. So we can have something that, it, 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 you know, in the short term, our body perceives a threat heavy weight on a bar that your body's not a, a, you know accustomed to will be a perceived threat. But once you overcome it, then there might be some, some mental de-stressing effect. You might feel better. You might just be able to like zone out and do your thing. So in the long term, it can be de-stressing, even though it's an acute stress. But if we're training to get better at training, which means we want to get stronger, we want to build muscle. Well, let's look at the 
effect that that has on the metabolism. Muscle is a very inefficient tissue to keep around. In other words, our body has to work harder to maintain muscle mass than it does to maintain fat mass. So if I can successfully build muscle, I am going to inevitably increase the amount of calories that my body burns at rest. And that is really where the advantage of strength training comes into play, especially if your goal is fat loss, because not only do you look better when you have more muscle, and by the way, everybody who says that they want to get leaner, that they want to get more toned, that they want to look like an athlete, whatever the the verbiage that you use, essentially what you're saying is you want to have more muscle and less body fat. All of those terms basically mean the same thing. Now, whenever I say that, inevitably somebody will be like, no, you're wrong because I don't want to be too bulky. Trust me when I tell you that getting too bulky is really difficult, especially if you are a female. It is not easy to just you know, balloon up with a ton of muscle. Most of the time when, when somebody says, I just want to be more toned, I just want to be more defined, I just want to be leaner, usually that means a combination of more muscle, less fat. Um, so if we're training, if we're strength training, and the objective is to get stronger, to build more muscle, then yes, we are actually putting our metabolism in a position where it's going to require more calories to maintain that muscle at rest. That is a great thing if the goal is fat loss, because again, we can eat more and not, you know, we can eat higher calories and still lose body fat than if we had less muscle. So we're increasing our basal metabolic rate. We're allowing our body to work to be a little bit more inefficient with calories. So in that sense, strength training has the advantage over cardio when it comes to the long-term fat loss effects because of this fact. Now, if we think about this in terms of just using exercise as a means of, of burning calories in the short term, like the hour strength training session, I'm only doing that to burn extra calories, then it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Even though some people will tell you that there is a epoch effect. You might hear this. People throw around this term all the time. EPOC. Um, it stands for excess post-oxygen consumption, which just means it's just a fancy way of saying that after you perform a strength training session or high-intensity interval training, that your body is in a oxygen debt, meaning that it has to make up for the oxygen that it's required to perform that bout of exercise. So you're going to have an elevated metabolism after there's like this quote unquote afterburn effect. Now, the problem with that is it's very overblown from reality. Like some people will make you believe that just by doing an hour session of training or a 20 minute hit session, that there's this afterburn that like crazily increases your calories burned. It doesn't. It, it very uh, minutely does. And it's not that much of a difference because of the fact that your body will compensate for the extra calories by making you move less throughout the rest of the day. So you so still as a means of burning calories just through exercise, cardio and strength training it doesn't matter. That should not be why you train as just a way to burn calories. If you're doing some form of cardio, it should be because you like doing it or you're training specifically 
for something cardio related. And if you're strength training, it can be because you like it and because you want to increase your metabolism, build more muscle, look better, uh, which will allow you to burn more calories at rest by having a higher basal metabolic rate. Even that is a little bit overblown. Um, the difference is not that much, but every little bit counts. So I would prefer to have a metabolism that's inefficient because I have more muscle, because it requires more energy to maintain that muscle, and then I get to eat more calories. Um, I will be going on my own fat loss phase cycle, whatever you want to call it, cut cycle, um, in a couple of weeks. I've been building for about six months now. My calories are at maintenance or maybe even a little bit higher, and I prefer to cut on higher calories because I like to eat. I like food. I don't want to starve myself. I don't want to deal with a lot of the negative adaptations of being super low calorie. So having more muscle is advantageous. Now, here comes the big it depends type of answer. Context is super important. So the one thing that we have to remember when it comes to anything that we're trying to accomplish with our body, that means getting rid of body fat. That means adding strength. That means adding muscle. That means getting better at a sport, getting better at learning, whatever it may be. The process is still the same. We have to elicit a stress response, and then we have to provide the proper environment for positive adaptation to occur. So a calorie deficit, eating less calories than you burn is a stress on the system. If the proper environment exists for adaptation to occur, your body will adapt by letting go of body fat. It will tap in to its energy stores, your body fat, your energy stores um, to provide, to make up for that energy debt. And so you will lose body fat. To get stronger and build muscle, we have to elicit a stress response, right? Mechanical tension, weight on a bar, heavy lifting, that is a stress on the system. And then the proper environment where we have enough nutrients, enough calories to rebuild that tissue. Because when we lift weights, we're literally breaking down muscle tissue. And then we have enough nutrients and the proper recovery in place to rebuild stronger muscles. That's how it happens. Every process of wanting to change happens in the same way. It's a stress response. And then there's the environment for adaptation. If we don't have the proper environment for adaptation to occur, your body will not respond. So what do I mean by that? If we are overstressed, under-recovered, not sleeping well, then the adaptation will not happen the way that we want it to. It will be a negative adaptation because your body adapts to the signal that you're sending it. If you are sending the signal that it is not safe, right? Like there's this perceived chronic stress, which your body might think, oh, well, if there's chronic stress, it's probably because of famine, right? There's not enough nutrients coming in. So what's going to happen in that situation is your body will preserve energy. It's going to hold on to body fat. You're going to have the opposite effect that you want. Even if you're not, even if you're eating low calories, you might find that you're eating low calories, you're doing a lot of cardio and your body's not responding because it is at, it has adapted in a negative way to downregulate metabolism, to preserve energy, to hold on to body fat because it just wants to keep you alive. 
And if it were to start burning a bunch of calories, but you don't have enough coming in, then you would starve faster and your body doesn't want that, right? So it's you're going to see it all makes sense logically as your body's trying to protect you and it's trying to keep you alive. That's why we see things like, you know, sex hormone depression. Um, if there is a perceived chronic stress, that's not the great, the best time to procreate. Um, you'll see that for women, you're, you'll have cycle irregularities because the cycle is a energy costly procedure process. It, it is, is something that requires a lot of energy, but if your body's in energy preservation mode, well, then it's going to get rid of that process to save energy, right? Same thing with like your immune system. The immune system requires a lot of energy to get the job done. So it's why a lot of people get sick when they're on very low calories because there's this chronic stress and your immune system will de be depressed. All of these adaptations make sense if you think about the signal that's being sent to your body. So the it depends part of the equation is if you are not allowing proper recovery to happen and if you are going too extreme, meaning if you're doing too much cardio or too much strength training and too little calories, then you are going to find yourself banging your head up against the wall and not making progress which is what a lot of people do. They think that more is better. They think that I'm going to manually burn a bunch of calories through exercise, through training, and that's going to expedite my process, right? That's going to make things happen faster, except the opposite happens because now you're creating this large gap and there's this chronic stress being placed on the system. So your body actually does the opposite, opposite and it preserves energy. It holds on to those, those energy stores, your fat cells, you know, your fat tissue. That is what keeps you alive when there's a lack of nutrients coming in. So your body doesn't want to give that up. It will fight against you. It will, it will make you feel like no matter what I do, it just doesn't work. Nothing works. That's because you're placing too much stress on the system. If we can manage that and create the proper environment for adaptation to occur, then all of a sudden your body responds. And it's amazing how quickly that can happen. Now, this also depends on like your dieting history, your background, you know, the, the other stressors in your life, because keep in mind that your body doesn't discriminate between sources of stress. It's all perceived the same, whether it's real, whether it's in your mind, whether it's physical, whether it's emotional, whether it's a relationship stress, all stress is the same to your body. The same, you know, cascade of, of hormones and neurotransmitters, it is all processed the same way. So if there is a bunch of stress in your life that's not even training or nutrition related, of course, that still plays a role in the ability to let go of body fat. That is why one of the most important things that we do for our clients when we're working you know, with, with clients in a one-on-one -on -one fashion is we monitor all of the different stressors, uh, whether it's from work or personal life or you know, whatever. We have to keep an eye on that because it literally can be the difference between making progress or feeling like you're doing everything right and nothing is working. Um, and that it's just one piece of the puzzle. We also have to monitor things like daily movement and hydration um, and, and just like food quality and quantity and, you know, training. So keeping this on topic, when, we, when we're trying to decide between cardio or strength training, you know, again, if we think about the objective, strength training is going to be more advantageous for building your metabolism, for speeding up. I don't like to say speeding up, but it's going to allow your body to 
burn more calories at rest because if you have more muscle, that is a inefficient tissue to keep around. In other words, it requires more energy to maintain. So your body will burn more calories at rest. Cardio can be great as like a tool that we utilize strategically when needed. And that's kind of how I look at it. It's like, we can still use cardio strategically. It just shouldn't be the main goal um, or the main path to fat loss because of the fact that we adapt to it quickly. We become more efficient with calories and we're not actually increasing the amount of burn uh, on a daily basis. But intermittently, it can be great. So if I have somebody who's paying attention to like how much movement they're getting throughout the day, and then they add like a low intensity cardio session, that can be, you know, just a small dose, maybe twice, three times a week to get things moving a little bit quicker. Um, but we have to be careful and always pay attention to recovery. Um, when it comes to people who just love doing cardio, I am a big believer in moving your body in a way that you enjoy. So if you are somebody who loves doing cardio, by all means, keep doing it. But I just want to create the awareness around what's happening, um, why you might be finding that you're doing a lot of cardio, but you're not making a lot of progress because you've likely become more efficient at that movement and more efficient with calories. I would recommend incorporating some strength training into that. Maybe two times a week, you'll be fine. At least send the signal to your body that, hey, we need to keep this muscle um, and give yourself a better chance of being able to eat more calories uh, while trying to lose body fat. So that's kind of how I look at it. You know, there, There's no reason why you have to cut out cardio. I know that there are some coaches out there that are very anti-cardio. Um, I think it just helps to have the information, make the best decision for yourself and understand the objective um, and kind of the trade-off between each modality. Uh, whereas strength training is going to help build your metabolism, become more inefficient with calories, which means you can eat more calories because you're burning more just by maintaining muscle. Whereas cardio, you will become more efficient with calories, which means that you will um, use less, burn less. So you might have to eat a little bit less. That can be frustrating, um, especially for people who are like major cardio junkies and they're like very used to running 10 miles a day. Like they've been doing it for years and years and years. And they're just so efficient with calories. And they're like, why am I not losing any more fat? It's because your body has adapted and has become so efficient at that movement that you're really not getting much in terms of a calorie burn. Um, and you're probably starting, if you're not doing any sort of strength training, you may actually be um, eating away at some of your muscle tissue because you haven't really proven or, or, or shown your body that it needs to keep it. So you can actually break down muscle tissue and use it for energy, uh, which is not something that would be very helpful in terms of body composition improvements. That is kind of what leads to the skinny fat appearance where you might be like, oh, I'm at my goal weight, but I don't like how I look. That happened to me um, when I got really, I got my weight down really low, but it was mostly through cardio. And I still really didn't like how I looked because I didn't have much muscle. So it kind of had, the, I had this like skinny fat appearance, which definitely was not a fan of. Um, I much prefer having, you know, more of a muscular physique, but again, to each their own, everybody has to decide uh, what makes the most sense for them and what their goals are. So I hope that this helps kind of like with decision-making, the objective between each training modality, how it can help with fat loss. Um, so for most people, I hate to generalize, but for most people, 
I always say like, let the strength training be the base, the foundation, and then sprinkle the cardio in. Um, but then again, we have people who love doing cardio. So in that case, I would say the cardio is the, is the base and then sprinkle the strength training in. That kind of takes care of the majority of, of people. But if the goal is fat loss and you are, and you're not partial one way or the other, then yes, I would say when it comes to body composition, when it comes to fat loss, give yourself the advantage of burning more calories through at rest um, and prioritize strength training and then use cardio as a tool that you can kind of integrate into the process as needed. But again, remember that recovery is so important, which is why, you know, monitoring stress, all inputs and outputs of stress, where, where is it coming from in your life? What are the things that we can do to manage it? What are the things that we can do to actually give ourselves more of a de-stress uh, type of situation? Like, Think about stuff that you can do for yourself that puts you in that rest and digest mode, that relaxed state, um, whether that's just, you know, belly breathing or meditation or journaling or reading, uh, listening to music, all these things, going for a walk, getting outside, being in nature, um, you know, getting together with somebody that you, you know, somebody that you love, just having a good conversation, all of these things to put yourself in more of a, a rest and digest mode because, we need more recovery protocols in our lives. A lot of people always push the gas pedal and they never pump the brakes. And that's why their body doesn't respond. We see this all the time with our clients. Typically, like the people that we work with have a background of chronic dieting. Usually they come to us after years of feeling like nothing's working. I'm stuck. I don't know what I'm doing wrong. I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. For Usually for those type of people, we really have to pay attention to stress and, and managing that and coming up with a way through nutrition, through training and through lifestyle practices that we can balance that stress. And then all of a sudden their body is like, okay, we're safe again. Now we can let go of this body fat. And usually it's a, a pretty noticeable difference right away. Like, okay, I feel a lot better. I have more energy. I'm sleeping better. And then your body starts to respond. And, and it's you know amazing how much of a difference just balancing stress can make. And really, that's that's the whole game. It really is. Like it, it all boils down to that. We have to, you know, have the proper environment for the positive adaptation that we want. So, um, guys, if you have any questions, please don't hesitate to reach out. Like this is the exact process that we go through uh, with our one-on-one -on -one clients. We work with people in six month increments just because it does take time. We like to go through the process of actually priming your metabolism, make sure we're putting you in a position where you can eat more food and still lose body fat. So we look at, you know, what are your weekly averages? How can we get you eating enough, mainly protein and calories? And then in terms of like carbs versus fats, yeah, we can play around with that, especially based off of the training modality that you're doing. So somebody who is doing more high intensity training, more strength training, heavy lifting, that person's going to need more carbohydrates to allow for proper recovery um, because carbs will shut off that cortisol response from training and it will increase serotonin. It's also good for muscle protein turnover. But again, without getting too much in the weeds, just from a practical standpoint, if you're doing more low intensity training, a little bit more cardio focus, um, you can probably do you know well with higher fats, less carbs. If you're doing more high intensity, um, more like very long duration cardio or more strength training, resistance training, then you would probably need more carbs than fats. But that's again a generalization. This is something that we customize and tailor to each individual, um, and then we have to build in 
the lifestyle factor, you know, how flexible do you want to be? How much, you know, how often do you go on date night? How often do you drink? How often do you want to eat foods that, you know, French fries, ice cream, what's your thing? What, what are the things that you truly love? And how can we incorporate that into the process so you don't even have to think twice about it? It will just give you the peace of mind and food freedom that you deserve. Uh, it's much more effective to, to start with that and realize that you can actually make progress by eating more and by eating foods that you enjoy and not having so much anxiety around the process. Um, and then, you know, kind of the the ace of, you know, up our sleeve, if, if you will, is being able to select certain foods based off of your brain chemistry, which we determine through your personality type. And that just really the objective there is to make it feel more natural, to make you feel more like yourself, to put less stress on the system, um, more greater mood stability, all of these things equal more consistency, which equals more fat loss, right? If you're more consistent, if you feel better, if there's less stress, better mood, you're going to be more consistent. You're going to make progress quicker, which is just going to build momentum. Um, and, and that's just going to be a win-win. So really that's like the whole process that we go through which each, with each client that we work with. Um, like I said, our one-on-one -on -one program is six months just because those things take time and we prefer to do it the right way and ensure that as you're making progress, that it is going to last. I'm all about permanent change. I'm all about sustainability. I'm all about making sure we understand the individual on a deeper level so we can account for all of those things that make you unique. Anyway, um, having said all of that, if you're interested in hearing more about what our process looks like specifically, just shoot me a DM. You can either message me on Facebook or on Instagram. Either one is totally fine, but just shoot me a message. Let me know you're interested. I'll ask you a few questions just to make sure that we can help to make sure that it's the right fit on both sides. And then from there, we can move forward if we decide that it is the right fit. So I hope this was helpful, guys. Please let me know again if you have any questions or if this was helpful, just drop a comment and I will talk to you all very soon. Have a great night.